Is your bracket already busted? Are you upset with how your march has gone? Are you ready to argue over whether bagels have gotten too big or if the vessel is actually awesome? Well, then get ready because Hellgate is proud to present our first annual March Madness of New York City Hot Takes. You're listening to the Hellgate Podcast. I'm Katie Way, a writer-editor at Hellgate. We're a worker-owned local news website committed to covering New York City. And this week, that means we're talking takes. We released 64 of our hottest takes into the ether last week on the website. Now we've sifted through the feedback and also just kind of gone with what we wanted to talk about the most. And that's narrowed things down to an elite eight. By the end of this episode, we will arrive at our final four hottest takes. Like a ghost pepper bred for military applications, these takes are prized not for their correctness, but for their sheer heat. But also, when you look within, aren't they kind of right? Joining me today are... Max Rufflin-Adler. Chris. Adlin Jackson. Nick Pinto. And, of course, here are the takes. Actually, the Queen Street numbers make sense. You just want an excuse not to go to Queens. The subway should have a smoking car. The new white city bike e-bikes are too heavy and bumpy, and that makes them bad. Bill de Blasio is the best mayor New York City has ever had. Bagels have become too big. The vessel is actually cool and good and beautiful. The best pizza in New York City can be found at Domino's. And Coney Island is a better beach than the Rockaways. Who's ready to scrap? So just to get it going, first take of the pod, we're going to kick it over to Max with his take on uh, the Queen Streets. Let's go. Okay, so this take is the uh, Queen Street numbering system makes sense. You just don't want to visit Queens. So a lot of people make fun of Queens, you know, undeservedly because it is the best borough, but they make fun of our, our wonderful grid system. And they say it doesn't make sense that avenues, roads, streets, drives, they shouldn't uh, intersect with one another. This makes zero sense. You know what makes zero sense? Brooklyn. Brooklyn makes no sense. You've got numbers. You've got names. You've got letters coming out of nowhere. So first of all, no leg to stand on Brooklyn. Secondly, it makes total absolute sense. Take the Manhattan grid system. You've got the streets going east-west and the avenues going north-south. Now, just turn that on its side in Queens, where the avenues are going east-west and the streets are going north-south. And a lot of times, the avenues have stopped running their course and no longer exist. Listen to yourself. You sound crazy. You sound crazy. I haven't even talked about where roads come into it. Roads are between (laughs) avenues. This is hard to watch. This is hard to watch. No, it makes sense, guys. You just you just learn the numbers. And sure, some avenues, some avenues stop running in certain directions, like 36th Avenue stops in Long Island City. So like 35th just dumps to 37th. But that's totally fine because, you know, numerically, 37 comes after 35th. I don't understand the big holdup, especially when you're like, oh, meet me at like star and president. Fuck off. Like those are just names those are just two names distinct names instead of 15 (laughs) barcode numbers you'd rather you'd rather read out a barcode than go to two intersection of two names queens's qr code street number system is extremely legible and user-friendly and you guys just don't want to admit it because you are too lazy and that's my take and that's my defense okay so so all in favor of max's take 
Say, say I. I. All right. Well, the silence has it. That take will not be in the final four. Beat me on 37th road, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's the next take on in the in the take bracket? This is my take that the the trains should all have a smoking car. I think the subway should have a smoking car. I mean, in a way right now, the entire subway is a smoking car. You know, it's open season. And that's that's some kind of like antisocial behavior. Not everyone wants to be around that. I totally understand. When you're Walking on this street, you know, you have like the entire air of the world to like breathe as an option. But when you're stuck in the subway, you're kind of trapped with what the people around you are doing. And if that's smoking inside and you're someone who doesn't like that, you know, that's a bad scenario. And that's why if we were to designate a specific car on every train where you could smoke, Which you car? know, everyone like, like, like a middle one. A middle one? <laughs> Just like a middle one. <laughs> but hold on. Just like a middle, and then you have like a, you got like signage. You could have signage like a cigarette on fire, you know. But but why not traditionally use one at the either end, which is normally used for like whatever rowdiness is going on on the train. I feel like the end cars are special in that way. Why not designate one of them as a smoking car? All right. Fine with me. Mate, put it on the end. Last car, smoking car. What if you put the smoking car not on regular passenger trains, but on the garbage trains? Oh, well, you know, I don't think you should have to wait longer to take the train just because you're a smoker. Smokers rights. You know what I mean? Or what if what if you're allowed to smoke on the platform, but not in the trains? I think there's a certain je ne sais quoi, you know, about actually smoking on the train. I think like you want to feel like you're being productive. I feel like people could maybe like abuse sig and weed power if they were just on the platform especially like you're looking at 25 minutes that's that's not good for you that's too many cigarettes but you know you're on the train you're on the go are we relegating vapors to this car as well or do they have free roam no you can vape anywhere you can vape anywhere in the world yeah that's totally fun that's never bothered anyone if i'm like trimming my nails or like eating an entire rotisserie chicken or something i can still do that anywhere right or does that have to go on the smoking car no, because you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do either of those things in a in a really smoky train car. You know, you should be able to do that around around the the hoi polloi around Gen Pop. Well, let's have a self care car uh, at the other end of the train. My self care is smoking. So, but yeah, exactly. We should be customizing more. We should Amtrak style. What's it. the signage on the floor? Like, you know how it's like go stand here. What is? Oh, it's carpet. <laughs> it's like casino style. The smoking car is carpet. Yeah. Can there be a little stand in the corner with like chiclets and stuff? I'll I'll make it happen. I'll talk I'll talk to I'll get Kathy on the horn. I think I've heard enough to make a vote. Are we are we ready to vote? All in favor of the take, say aye. 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 Throw in the self-care car and I'm in. Okay. Smoking car makes it. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, cool. So next one, uh, we've got a city bike take. Let's hear a little bit more about this one, you guys. Okay. Not that long ago, the city bike system introduced a new form of city bike, the giant white city bikes that have further battery range and more pedal power, and people seem to love them. However, if you've ever used any of these new city bikes, the first thing you will notice is that they're extremely heavy. They're 20 pounds heavier than the regular city bike e-bike, which were pretty good to begin with, right? The old standards are speedy and comfortable and not too heavy. These are 65 pounds. All right. So all right, fine. You can handle a 65 pound bike. The minute you start riding down New York City streets, the basket starts rattling, which is like going to destroy anything you have in it. And there's no shock absorption. 
So your ass is just being pummeled relentlessly off of like the slightest whisper in the street. So you're basically just, you're riding this, what is supposed to be a sleek symbol of like modernity and like the modern urban city. And really you're just like a rattling bucket of just like your own bones bashing against these fucked up streets that we have to ride. And so fuck these city bikes. If there is a choice between a white city bike and a normal city bike e-bike, I'm going to take the normal one every single time. Case closed. They're just better. They're easier to maneuver. They're easier on your butt. They're slightly quieter. They don't ruin your your six pack of beer in the front carousel. Like what? What more could you ask for? All right. All right. So I, I had a whole other argument prepared for this, but I feel as if Chris has brought something out, which is that those of us who um, have a bit more cushion in in the back area, this is not an issue. He was very focused on how much this hurts his ass, but this is not an issue for some of us. And in fact, it is my chariot, man. I ride around the city. I'm zooming around. I feel like an absolute king. It is kind of like the car killer in the sense of like, you can get where you're going just as fast as a car, pretty much. Um, you could do it safely. You can go up and down these um, bridges without breaking a sweat on a hot day. And on top of that, the range is freaking huge, man. You can go so far on these. These look so much cooler. They've got the sweet little glowing neon thing. When I see some of those zipping out, like past me on the Manhattan Bridge late at night, we share a nice little nod. And maybe you just like can't connect to that because, you know, your ass hurts so much, Chris. Your argument is I need to like do some glute exercises and like get more junk in my trunk is what you're saying. Absolutely. I feel like we're, we've got a couple of different things going on here. Uh, like the suspension, you, you know, you've made a fine case, but I don't, I don't care how heavy this bike is. Why should I care? Well, Nick, if you're a smaller bike rider and perhaps you want to get in on this carless New York City and you're like, oh, cool, new white city bike. I've read a lot about these. And, you know, you take one out. You're like, oh, my God, I can barely even like hold this upright. It's it's jarring. If you're spreading the e-bike e gospel, you want it to be easy for people to use. And the heaviness of these new e-bikes prevent that from from happening, I think. I do think the light is cool. And it makes it look like Tron, which I like. Who agrees with Chris that the new bikes are bad? I agree with Chris as being Chris. Wow, the this take is failing, and yet it seems to be full of truth. But okay, we'll, we'll move on. That's how it goes sometimes. All right, next one. Uh, Nick, you got to walk us through the illustrious career of our tallest, our tallest former mayor. Bill de Blasio greatest New York City mayor in the history of the city. And, you know, there, there are a lot of different ways you can make this case. You know, I think I think universal pre-K is sort of the gimme there. He, you know, this is a man who extended affordable child care to the city in a way that had never existed, built a political coalition to do that and materially changed people's lives for the better. The other sort of like obvious de Blasio argument is that he presided over a, a golden age in the city with record low crime and and uh, staggering prosperity. But that's not where I'm going either. I think I think the, the definitive thing that marks the greatness of de Blasio as a mayor is something like a little bit more ineffable and, and kind of personal to his leadership style, which is just the supreme self-confidence. You, you, you look at sort of mayors who have gone before and, you know, they're reliant on, you know, they're listening to advisors. They're listening to like the lanyard class consultants they're listening to like constituents 
they're listening to like, you know, like all, all these other people and th- not my guy, Bill, Bill de Blasio like forges ahead, you know, the, the polls can be like nattering on about like, this is a bad idea, whatever. No, straight ahead. Reporters are, are, are like telling him like last night, like I, you know, I saw this happen and he's like, ah, I don't think you did see that happen. I like, I know. And, and that is a quality that, um, you know, I don't think we appreciate enough. It's a grind set, you might yeah, say. Yeah. And I think the further, the further, you know, we, we, we get from that and the deeper we get into this new era and I think I think we're going to start to to realize that that was something special. Nick, ironically, wasn't one of those times where he said that he didn't care what other people thought was when he explicitly designated a bunch of lobbyists, quote unquote, agents of the city because he needed their advice so desperately and that transparency laws didn't matter. Doesn't that cut against your point a little bit, even if it makes the point in the broader sense? I was going to say, I think it makes my point in the broader sense. People were like, Bill, don't do that. That's illegal. He was like, is it though? I would have gone a separate direction with this, Nick, and gone with that. You know, it's basically an illustration of the poverty of like the cupboard of New York City mayor's past. He he had some signature accomplishments, but was not, you know, the kind of vapid billionaire of, of Bloomberg or the, you know, shameless crime monger of Giuliani or, you know, kind of similar to Dinkins, but you know, does have a signature achievement. And, you know, you could go back and back and back until like LaGuardia. I was going to say, I, I feel like it comes down to LaGuardia, but here's the thing. LaGuardia, he was like, like five, two, like tops. And then, so if you're going to put those two head to head, like at the end of the day, it, you got to give it to Big Bird on, on like physiognomy alone. He did unite the city in, in hatred against him. You know, that is one thing that he was the great uniter. He brought people together in hatred of Bill de Blasio. And Adams does not have that skill of uniting the city in hatred because, like, people are divided. They don't know whether they should hate Eric Adams. And point to de Blasio on that one. I mean, give the, give the man time, but yeah. When he wore that Urban Outfitters shirt to the pool, y'all know what I'm talking about. In the hat. That's, in the hat. That's yeah. right. And the sunglasses, yeah. The senior spring, the senior spring was legendary. <laughs> we got to give it up Absolutely. to that. I think, it's, I think it's vote time. Everyone in favor of uh, Nick's personal opinion that Bill de Blasio is the best mayor ever, say, say, all in favor, say aye. 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 Abstain. (laughs) (laughs) Adlin, you have to vote. (laughs) I abstain. There's only so far a bit can go, I guess. (laughs) Hey there, this is Katie Way, writer-editor at Hellgate. I know you like our podcast so far. And wouldn't you like even more Hellgate in your life? Subscribe. Hellgate is New York City's only worker-owned news site. Our goal is to bring our readers stories that are trenchant, playful, outraged, irreverent, useful, and never a chore to read. This isn't homework. You're having a great time. Go to hellgatenyc.com slash products to subscribe. Okay, back to the podcast. What's next? I'm getting scared. My heart's beating so fast right now, you guys. All right. Now we have, uh, let's, let's go into the realm of the culinary uh, with Max. It's, it's your time to shine on a, on a certain, certain breakfast food we all know and right. love. So the New York City bagel suffers from a malady, I believe, that has infected the, the rest of our economy currently, which is bagel inflation. Bagels in New York City have become far too large. They are gigantic. 
Um, and of course, there have been like measures that the Federal Reserve would take um, to try to trim down on the size of bagels. So, you know, I'm talking, of course, about flagels, which is an attempt to make make bagels more flat without admitting that you're making either a Bialy or a Montreal style bagel. And then, of course, the dreaded scooped out bagel, which is disgusting um, and, you know, should be looked down upon. But basically, if you go into a New York City uh, bagelry today, you're going to see much larger bagels than you would uh, 15 to 20 years ago. I know this from personal experience. Now, for some actual like uh, on the ground research, I did go up to Montreal this uh, summer to basically see New York's bagel cousins, which are, you know, flat bagels. Right. And sure enough, they've kept they've kept the faith and the bagels are much flatter, but they're almost like much more similar to what New York City bagels used to be. And then you find this kind of um, beautiful symmetry if you were to go to Black Seed Bagels, which has locations across New York City, which are technically Montreal-style bagels. But if you go there and they, they bake them Montreal-style, they are actually now the size that New York City bagels used to be in the 1990s. And um, I have done no scientific reasoning or, or evaluation of this. Um, this is entirely bagel vibes, but I feel like people would agree and I think either the starters are out of control or people are trying to do it for the gram. But these bagels are far too big. They're overpowering their schmears. Fight me. Well, you're you're defending sort of an individualistic, like every per, every person for himself, like one one person, one bagel worldview, which, you know, maybe maybe that's fine. Um, but like, what's wrong with a sharing bagel? What's what's wrong with a world where like we all come together around a bagel and like... No, even at a bagel party, like you're doing the thing of like you get bagels for the group. And that I think is like the time when the bagel inflation hits the hardest is because no one can manage more than one bagel. Some people can't even manage. like And, and so like you end up with a bunch of stale bagels who if you're hosting a bagel party and that's a problem. At least in my New York. Number one, I'd like to be invited to any one of your bagel parties. <laughs> I'm not getting any invites. Um, number two, you're absolutely right. And I think um, there's like kind of nothing worse than going out with somebody and being like, oh, do you want to just share this bagel? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, no. Fuck there's that. nothing. I'm sorry. There's nothing worse. Than I don't want to share my bagel. I want a whole bagel. But then I don't want to admit that the, the largeness of the bagel has overpowered me. And so I'm going to eat the whole bagel and then I'm going to feel really full the rest of the day. Or you have to take home like a fourth of the bagel. You just have like this gross nub in your fridge and then you have to like deal with it the next day. And you want bang for your buck because like the sort of unspoken side of this is like not only are these bagels bigger, they're much more expensive. Even black seed, like you mentioned, it's like I'm not trying to get a $15, $15 sandwich in the morning. Like that makes me sick. Yeah, this is divorced from actual inflation, which is also impacting the bagel market. I, I agree with this take. I just don't. Why are we arguing against us getting more bang for our bucks? You know, in a, in a world where in a world where dollar slices are becoming crappier and crappier, where like you can't even get an order of dumplings for, you know, a reasonable price. It's like, why are we the bagels have stepped in to fill these voids and and now we're squatting them down and now we're and now we're destroying them i think it's like catching a garbage fish it's like catching a fish that's way too big the the meat is spread too thin it doesn't taste good anymore you want a condensed bagel experience okay we're 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 ready to vote bagels are too big i i i yeah despite arguing against it i actually endorse this take all right so 
I I next have that the vessel is good. Not only do I find the vessel personally beautiful, I think it looks cool. I don't, you know, I don't have a problem. Everyone is like, it's so ugly. It's like a weird honeycomb thing. It stares to nowhere. Like, whatever. I want to see something weird when I'm taking the bus back down to Virginia. You know, no problem with that. And I also do think it's a good conduit for like a lot of dark and like negative energy. I think you can like look at it and you can kind of see the sort of like evil radiating off of it. And I think it's like kind of nice and special that we have that in our city. And, you know, if you do want to make fun of it, if you do find it aesthetically, you know, displeasing, then you have something to mock with your friends, which circles back and is beautiful in its own way because it's fun to shit on something, you know, in in like a communal way. Like it's kind of like the evil Brooklyn saxophone apartment to me. And if you, you don't have to go on it, no one's making you go on it. And if you don't want to see it, just close your eyes. Just don't look over there. You know, it's not that hard. I think you're right that the vessel is a great mascot for Hudson Yards. But does that make it good? Also, they spent $200 million on this mascot, which just seems, I don't know. Like, is that good? I see what you're saying about it being an expensive and hideous waste of money. That also, you know, has uh, <laughs> has led to bad things happening to people. Definitely like valid counterpoint. But um, have you been to have you been to the vessel? Oh yeah, I've been to the vessel. Okay. I've what, what? I've, I've got an eyeful of that thing. I haven't been on it. I haven't like walked its hallowed uh stairs or anything. Kind of a gotcha question. Yeah, have you actually been to the vessel? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up inside the vessel. I was conceived in the vessel. <laughs> there's kind of a you know, we're talking about all this money that was spent on it, but there's kind of like a a nice like symmetry there in that it does look like a giant trash can or like vortex to nowhere whirlpool uh you know kind of bidding things down into hell the money goes in and it goes into oblivion and that's kind of isn't that what new york's about as a locus of pure evil i have to give it absolute credit I guess I also like the little islands, so maybe I just have like horrible taste now that now that I think about it. It's like I think I actually just like stuff that sucks. So <laughs> um I might I, that might be my counterpoint against myself is that I um I don't know what I'm talking about. So I actually have to vote nay on my own. I have to vote nay on my own take for this one. I'm actually wrong. Wow. Never mind. Fuck Plot that. Twist. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It's March, baby. That's what is so great about these brackets, is like you never like it's you know, like upsets, reversals, you never know what's going to happen. And that's what keeps people coming back. There you go, I. Who else is an I? Yeah, I, I, think, if the, I think if the question were like, you know, we deserve the vessel or, or something like that, I could, I could maybe get behind it. But to the extent that it's the vessel is good, I, 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 can't, I can't get behind that. Agree. Yeah, nay. Damn. Tribe is spoken. It's all good, though. It's all love. Uh, all right, cool. So next one... Diving back into the world of, you know, New York City's food scene. Uh, we've got we've got Chris with a take that's making me personally kind of hungry. The take here is Domino's Pizza is the best pizza in New York City. We were talking earlier a little bit about how New York City's like classic dollar slice joints have been completely degraded. They don't even cost a dollar anymore. It's like a buck fifty, two fifty. There seems to be like just a glut of 
$4 slices in New York that are just not that good. And if you really want, you know, quote unquote, like great pizza, you have to like kill someone and get into Lucali's or like, I don't know, like, like pizza has been just completely blown apart. It's like either you're, you're at the super high end eating like amazing pizza or you're like eating crap that costs $4. And into this breach steps Domino's Pizza, which if anything consistent, it's also cheap and it's like pretty reliable. There's a staggering amount of Domino's in New York City. So it really is like everywhere. And, you know, for bang for your buck, I can't think of a better sort of institution to uphold the like working man's pizza um, of, of New York City that dollar slice joints have have seemingly failed to fail to provide in a price conscious and consistent way. I would say the New York City pizza game is right now in, in a bit of a flux, right? So you've got like um, the horrible like mall scene that has developed in Dumbo between Grimaldi's, Juliana's, and now Spumoni Gardens getting in on the action and opening up a location down there. So to take advantage of the European tourists stuck in Dumbo. And that's a race to the bottom, right? And then, um, you know, you've got DeFara's RIP, Mr. DeFara. So, you know, who even, if, if that pizza isn't being made with like the filthiest hands of all time, does it even, is it even delicious? And then, you know, beyond that, New Park Pizza, which like, you know, people should not be eating at. I'm not going to tell you why. Google it. So wait, this is an argument for Domino's? This is an argument saying that New York pizza is not in a good place right now and Domino's can strike. This is this is the time. They they can and are striking. You know, it's it's easy to come to this take with a sort of like trolley disposition. But the, uh, Chris has kind of made a, a reasonable sort of like libertarian, the voice of the market has spoken argument that the that New Yorkers are saying with their dollars that they love Domino's pizza. Some people would say that's all that matters. I think I think there's also an aesthetic argument though that that like New Yorkers are encouraged to spend an enormous amount of of psychic energy sort of identifying with their their sophistication as pizza consumers and um you know your your favorite pizza place can constitute an entire personality. And and I think like Domino's is sort of like the norm core correction to that, being like, you know what, there there are more important things in life than than you know you, your fixation on getting a table at Lucali. And those things generally are like buying sweatpants at Walmart and wearing starter jackets from like the early nineties. Can we vote on this on this take? I'm voting no. Big nay. This is a cra- this is crazy as fuck. There's so much better pizza than Domino's. Like that's objectively insane. Like we're having a laugh, but like let's be serious. I got to vote. No, I mean I was I was helping you sell it, but yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm, not, I'm also not going to vote for this take. Yeah, no. I mean I've sort of uh, emerged as a sort of rogue renegade against the grain type in this record, so I think that I'm I'm obligated to go <laughs> yes, just you know for the sake of Respect. the you know the heel the heel turn. Adlin goes down in flames. And that's perfect, perfect segue, Adlin, into your into your beach take. You know, let's go take a summer on my mind, you know. So this take, if I'm not mistaken, is that Coney Island is better than the Rockaways. 
I would say, I would say, uh, let's, well, let's use this opportunity to sort of make a full-throated kind of like celebration of Coney Island, which is, I don't know if you guys have been down there, like to the beach in a while, but like, it's a rowdy scene down there. That was my pandemic hobby was fishing at the Coney Island Pier. Never caught anything except a crab once, but it's a real scene. You've got people there who have clearly been going there for decades and are a lot better at fishing than I am. You want to talk about like, uh, you know, scenes, like the kind of the whole like Rippers Rockaway thing is like a little bit like forest comes across like, uh, like I don't really know what I'm supposed to get from that. Um, and also speaking of Rockaway, like, you know, like, I mean, like speaking of cop cities, like it's, it's sort of a NYPD stronghold. And it's not like my, I like, I like long walks on the beach as much as the next person, but, uh, doing so in the company of the officers of the law is not necessarily my, uh, my thing. And so, yeah, I would say that Coney Island and also, I mean, you know, the number one thing has got to be accessibility. We're talking about train lines, Rockaway. Like, I don't want to sit on the train for like an hour. The queue takes you right down to Coney Island. Sand between those toesy woesies. Piggies in the piggies in the water. <laughs> right, I'll cut you off there. I, I I think I think <laughs> I was just gonna go. He was just gonna go off. I think I think the original take, or at least the spirit of the original take, was was discussing the beach itself. In that you know I. But why? Yeah, I'm just seeing Coney Island is better than the Rockaways, and I think if you if you include Brighton Beach and you're just talking about the places. I think that that's correct. But if you're talking about the beaches, yeah, obviously this is a extremely spicy take. So are we are we accepting the spicier take meaning of this take or are we saying like what 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 exactly are we talking about? Are we counting Tilden as the Rockaways cuz Tilden is definitely a better beach than both the Rockaways and Coney Island. Okay, here here I rise to to address that. As as a as a dedicated longtime for Tilden uh, attender myself. I think the argument is available to to Adlin here that national parks are fundamentally eco-fascist and 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 that the 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 sort of illusion of solitude conjured by a relatively depopulated beach is is actually an intensely insidious notion and that what we should really be doing is walking with the people on the people's beach. But I, but all right, but seriously though, are we talking about the places or the beaches? Because Nick just advocated for killing all the piping plovers right there. I don't know if everyone heard him correctly. If they're so endangered, why the fuck am I always seeing them? That That's a bit of an aside. But I I feel very compelled, Adlin, by your argument that Rockaway's just cashed in terms of like venues, et cetera. Like, that's what I'll say. Like, I don't I can have a burger anywhere. All right. All in favor? Say aye. I'll give this a yes. Aye. Aye. I'm going to go no just to throw a wrench in, in, in the works. Yeah. Twists and turns. Yeah. The March Madness metaphor here is like the, it's like a, a basketball player just own goaling repeatedly, like against, like just slam dunking. All right. So just to recap, the advancing takes are Subway should have a smoking car, Bill de Blasio, best New York City mayor ever, bagels, too fucking big. And then Cody Island is better than Rockaways. And so our, our losers are, you know, the Queen's street system makes sense and we're all just too lazy to figure it out. The white city bikes are bad. 
the vessel is good and Domino's has the best pizza in New York City. None of those prevailed. And upon review, I think we can kind of see why. Thanks for listening to the Hellgate podcast. Look out for the winning hot take on our website now. Hellgate is a worker-owned, subscriber-funded news outlet covering New York City. Support our work by subscribing at hellgatenyc.com. Our editorial team is Adlin Jackson, Max Rivlin-Nadler, Christopher Robbins, Esther Wong, Nick Pinto, and me, Katie Ray. Nadia Tykolsker is our business manager. Lauren Vizpoli is our producer. Our theme music is by Groupwork. You can find their music on Bandcamp and all streaming platforms. This podcast is engineered by Crutch Phrase Studio. For more Hellgate, subscribe to the Hellgate podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.